and we're back. Yeah, better than ever. Yep. Four four weeks of quarantine now. <laughs> God damn. Welcome to Fourth and Dirty. It is episode number forty-one. It Ooh. is April twenty-seventh, and like you heard, we are now the entire month of April has been in quarantine. Hopefully, this is our last week. We're done with the coronavirus. We can get back, get you guys back in the studio, so we can have some fun, play some video games. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so how are you guys, how are you guys holding up in these uh these quarantine days? I have taken a new hobby. Oh yeah, what's that? It is planting virtual flowers. Oh shit! All right. So is there is there a new so, flower simulator? It is called uh, Animal Crossing. Oh, so the same game we've already been playing. The same. It's the same game. So I <laughs> okay. discovered a new technique. Basically, I discovered a new technique. I trashed all of my flowers. Literally threw them in the trash. Come into my garden. Get the fuck out of my garden. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I yeah I I have I had like spreadsheets I ha- the whole shebang I have more tabs of flower spreadsheets than fucking tabs of football right now. Oh goddamn! <laughs> All that right, has been my whole life the past three or four days. Nice, it's nice, insane. And I now have a glorious beard. That yeah, in those three or four days. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. you need life a, is going great. You need a glorious beard to grow flowers. Really? Yeah, just. Always, you gotta fight it. Yeah, I needed to like buy a pair of dirty overalls. That's basically how it works. Yeah, I can only find clean ones. I I I don't know where I can find the dirty ones though. Mm, so you have to go and get them dirty when you do your gardening. No, yeah, I have to steal the overalls from the store. Oh, okay. Throw it on the ground, trample it, give it back, and then buy it from them. Okay. Yeah, that's yep. <laughs> about right. There you go. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. Evan, how you doing, baby? I've uh, been straight chilling. We've been getting back into Zelda Breath of the Wild and trying to get through that. Uh, straight chilling. Uh, yeah, nothing, nothing too crazy. Nice. Sleep's getting crazy. That's the only thing that's crazy. Oh, yeah, for sure. My, yeah, mine's all out of whack. I've been up to like 3 a.m. a couple times, and I'm like, why is this happening? I can only imagine Max <laughs> is looking at you like, bitch, get to bed. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> no, Absolutely. Yeah, I'm gonna shatter your world, Evan. Uh, Max, the fantasy cat, has moved back home. Oh what? Yeah. Oh, yep. Yeah. Yeah. He has uh, gone up north to the farm. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. No, 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 not like that. No, like no. He's actually uh, he was uh, staying with me in a mm. in a potential like uh, it was like a contract to hire situation. Like he could have <laughs> he could have stayed if it all worked out just perfectly. But you know, fortunately, uh, the original team wanted him back, so. He went back to his original home, and he seems to be doing great. So, you know, it's all po- it's all positive news. So nothing nothing bad here. So obviously that means uh, I'm gonna be getting a dog now. So we're gonna get a fancy dog for the show. Oh God! I found one. His oh, name's yeah. I found one. His name's Archie. He's like this like a uh, Scottish Terrier looking dude, kind of on the older side. I think he could be cool. We'll see. We'll see. Okay. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. give any dog love, and you already know. So. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right, guys. So obviously, the big news over the weekend was the NFL draft. But before before we get to our hot takes on that, there was actually some things that uh, slid under the radar that I thought were just interesting. So the big one right off the top: Jameis Winston has signed a one-year deal with the Saints. What? what the fuck? Ah. I can't even believe that shit. Well, will Drew Brees actually be able to make him? Be accurate for once? No. <laughs> no. If Bruce Arians 
can't, nobody can. He's a lost cause. He I feel is. Like Bruce has a lot of patience with him, and it just it just couldn't work with him last year. Yeah, he did everything he could, man. It's very interesting that it's only a one-year deal. Until oh like yeah, a couple of years. Um, obviously, unless Drew retires this year, mm-hmm. um, he's not. He's basically he's, that's just a, a signed year deals just to stay in the NFL, just to be relevant, I guess, just to get the practice in. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Barring injury, <clears throat> um, he's not going to be doing much of anything because Drew no. Brees does not leave the field. Hell no. No, 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 no. Drew Brees only leaves the field in the, the freaking playoffs, you know? No. Yeah, and at best, he would share it with Taysom Hill. And, you know, Jameis ain't going to run the ball. He ain't well, going to catch the ball. Well, speaking okay. of Taysom Hill, they also gave him a two-year extension. They said, get your ass back on our team. So it, this is very interesting because, oh, God, there's an alarm going off. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> Hopefully it doesn't get picked up. Probably should have called it out. (laughs) (laughs) Either way. um, So, you know, like we were talking off air before we started recording and we got different news too. So like I heard Jameis was signed to be the QB two, And Adam's like, oh no, Taysom Hill was signed to be the QB two. So it's like, what the hell is going on with this backup quarterback situation? That shit looks like it's fucking messy. It's not cute. Maybe they'll just write on the shoulder pads of each other. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> if they if they mer- if they merge together, they're one functional quarterback. <laughs> one can run, the other can throw, sort of. Sort of. Yeah. <laughs> one can Man, build. Thirty for thirty. Ain't nobody gonna ever forget that. That's in the history books, bro. Uh, Taysom Winston. <laughs> the train. So I mean, we we had heard a rumor a long time back that Taysom Hill was gonna be like the RB two behind Alvin Kamara, that they were gonna start doing Wildcat more frequently and just anything to try to like mix it up. You they think? probably had to make sure that Alvin Kamara had this coming up and making sure that he knew it, because I don't know if you guys saw him working out the other day, but he was doing like like a balancing thing with like his weights or shoulders and shit. I was like, bro, you better hurry the hell up. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, uh, you know, Latavius Murray is still on the team, so I don't know what I don't like. The whole Taysom Hill like destroys like every single. <laughs> like, destroys you guys with those teams with those amount of running backs because I know you guys do running back heavy, and I know you guys are gonna be like mm, the running backs are fucking weird this year on those teams, so I'm gonna stay away from that shit. Alvin Kamara is Alvin Kamara is fine. It's like I I I made the mistake last year of not having Latavius Murray as a handcuff when Alvin mm-hmm. Kamara went down, and uh-huh. that, that severely handicapped my whole season. I was just glad that I was able to face Andy in the playoffs and avoid the <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, exactly. But you know, if you are going to be drafting Alvin Kamara, as long as Latavius Murray's on the uh, on the team, you you're going to get his backup. I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't count on uh, Taysom Hill as the backup <clears throat> for uh, Alvin Kamara if he has another injury. Mm-mm, yeah. Fair so, enough. Um, All right, the Philadelphia Eagles have traded for Marquise Brown. That's very ooh, interesting. Very interesting. Back of the pocket, I tell you what, bitch. So not only did the Eagles did draft last- a couple wide receivers, but now they've traded for one and a, and a quarterback. Very, very interesting over there. They trying to... Flip the whole fucking team. 
So now I'm like, now it throws to me. This throws into question. You know, Alshon Jeffrey. Obviously, that that means they have no faith in um, Nelson Aguilar or JJ Arcega Whiteside. So why would they? All those, all those people that you're talking about, all I hear and all I see is them just dropping the ball. <laughs> yeah, all well, the memories I have of the ball. Well, that's I'm what they like, did. That's what. Come on, man, catch the ball. That's all they did last year was just drop the ball. They just dropped it everywhere. It was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta Jesus. sneeze. <laughs> Thank you. I don't know. Coronavirus. Know. Last last few weeks of the year, the Philadelphia Eagles had, I can't even I don't, like a rolling like garbage can of a team. Oh yeah, yeah. They had in terms of their like wide receivers, I can't even name one of them. And there was, you know, they obviously addressed it in the draft, drafting uh, Jalen Rager. Rager. Yeah. Rager. I don't know, one of the dragons from Game of Thrones. So <laughs> gonna be I think their off their offense is gonna be fine now that they actually have a, le- a legit number one wide receiver that can stay on the field. Yeah. All right. And the... you, he's a, he's a fast motherfucker. I'm not gonna uh, Oh yeah ask him up. If he drops to me in the draft, I'm telling you right now. If you I'll... take him as your second overall pick, Olympic. Yeah, I might. No, I'm Olympic speed. Is it? Maybe it's the replace to Sean Jackson. Um, maybe he had that. He had that extra insurance. He had that core muscle injury all year long. Like played one game, super yeah, bur- yeah, burned so white hot, so hot. You're like, <laughs> yeah, it turned too bright and then blew his blew his abs out. Straight the fuck up. All right, the 49ers very active during the draft. They also traded for Matt Burita. Well, actually, they traded Matt Burita to the Miami Dolphins. So Matt Burita now plays for the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins have Jordan Howard and Matt Burita. And now the 49ers are Tevin Coleman and Raheem Mostert. That does help clarify the situation, at least in, for, in, at least in San Francisco. Don't forget about Jarek McKinnon. Ah, he's dead to them. Who is that? The fuck? His knee, his knee has been swollen for three years. Oh my god! I don't know. That makes me actually interested in the Miami backfield now. To be to be honest, um, they did. Know, now that he, they did also get an offensive, that, couple offensive linemen. They, yep. Well, mostly to address their uh, their quarterback protection needs, which we'll discuss later. But yeah, they they're basically. Building from the ground up this whole team. Oh yeah, and I'm I'm liking I'm liking a lot what they're doing, especially on defense. They they picked up a whole bunch of high profile free agents right away, and then they oh, yeah. bolstered that with uh with uh more of their through the draft. It's very 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 interesting what they're doing there right now for sure. <laughs> and then it makes uh, me more interested in Raheem Mostert, not gonna lie. Yes, that's what he was doing great last year at the end of the year and then he just kept going, you know. So that's that's my big question is how so now that we have so the big thing that was hampering the San Francisco situation was there was three of them and you didn't know who yeah. who the pick of the three. So now there's only two of them, clearly it's going to be a split workload and there's going to be value to be had there. So oh, yes. obviously since it's only April I think they're going to raise in value, but I still think, like you said, Raheem Mostert is going to be the one to get because he's going to be cheaper. You know, Tevin Coleman's going to go in probably in the third round now, and I don't want it. Hell no. You better stay away <laughs> yeah. from that cold train. Yeah. That backfield is a little less murky, but I'm still staying the hell away from it. Unless, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Unless one of them drops 
I wouldn't touch that backfield until maybe the sixth round. Like, it's still too sketchy, and only one of them can blow up. Um, it's still technically a two-person revolver, and I don't like having a 50% chance of getting it right. That's <laughs> way too... The two-person <laughs> revolver. <laughs> I know. Um, <laughs> so it's nice that, you know, whoever... I don't know. Like, sixth round is going to be where I would kind of sniff. Like, whoever's left in the backfield, I'm not going to touch Jarek McKinnon, obviously, but between Raheem Mostert and Tevin Coleman, which it's kind of funny. He's just going to be a backup again. Um, probably I'm around the sixth steal round. My touchdowns, and I'm telling you, I'm taking Mostert. Or they could just cannibalize each other, and no one will be happy. Yo, no. Don't curse a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Oh nice. Most gets like 99 yards, and then Tevin Coleman gets like 16 yards and a touchdown. I believe oh, that. I can god. see that fucking happening, man. Oh my god. That is going to fuck my shit up. Kill me now if that happens. God. I'll still take all them 99 <laughs> yards, though. I don't give a shit. <laughs> no, no. I want that damn touchdown. That's, bull- the that's, that's <laughs> bullshit. See, I just want Raheem Mostert because I think Mostert will be the vulture, and Tevin Coleman will get the stupid 99 yards. Hell yeah, I'll take it. Raheem Oster will get, you know, 30 yards and, like, a pair of touchdowns, like, every week, and you're just like, ah, like, ah, give it to me. Like, <laughs> like, like Garrett Blunt, you know, a few years back, who just somehow produced 18 touchdowns, but barely oh broke God. a 1,000 yards. That's that's what I'm talking well, about. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Obviously, that's hyperbole. That would be dreaming. That would be a wet dream. 18 touchdowns? Oh. Mm. All right. Mm-mm. Moving on. <laughs> So the NFL, just like the draft, doing things virtually, they're also doing virtual off-season workouts. And I guess now, as of today, 20, 20 more teams have done it. So that's, I think that's everybody. And So, um, what, so how's this going to work? Like, they're just going to, like, just insert, like, all right, type in how many sit-ups you did, type in how many push-ups you did, <laughs> right? how many laps you did, and it's just basically the honor system is that what is that what is that what, is that what i i i would imagine so like what what this currently means is they can like video chat and talk about the offensive plays and schemes and and things like that and then uh, uh, currently only four teams are actually doing like legit workouts the bucks dolphins eagles and ravens so i would imagine i don't i you know, these guys probably have some gyms at home. You can probably set your webcam up and go, hey, right, coach, I'm doing my squats. No, see, down here in Tampa, we'd like to go out into a public park and, you know, cause pandemonium. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, Tom. Tampa. Oh, God. Tom, Tom being Tom Brady. Tampa Bay. Already. Tampa Bay. So, yeah, I thought that was pretty cool that the NFL has found a way to adapt with the times. And I'm no days off. I'm, cur- I'm curious to see if. The ability to do if this if this the necessity to do virtual workouts maintains will that have any sort of impact on on the field performance or maybe injury performance you know because they've been talking about lately that the fact that you know they've been trying to cut down the number of practice days that they have with physical contact but then studies yeah. are kind of coming out that that's actually causing more injuries because they're not able to build up their bodies to get and just beat down with you know so it's kind of like it, it should be interesting it should be interesting if this uh has any effect or not you better be doing some yoga to stretch out man especially those <laughs> big motherfuckers those 320 pound guys you guys better be getting on the yoga mat yeah you gotta stretch out man mm-hmm. 
Like, just because you got an extra break, you can eat a little bit more food. Nah, bitch, you better get to the gym, ho. <laughs> Again, you are getting paid millions of dollars to block your quarterback or to fucking uh, pass attack, run attack, all that shit. Ain't no fucking days off, bro. Ain't no days off. Fuck that shit. All righty. You better be on that virtual workout shit. Yeah. All righty. So, go ahead. One, one, one minor thing. The, uh, the Browns... They uh, picked up options on Miles Garrett, which is whatever. But more importantly, Mr. David Njoku. Oh, see, this is why. Which is interesting because I thought they would just be like, nah, get out of my face, Njoku. We have a real legit uh, tight end now in Austin Hooper. Maybe for blocking? I don't know. They use them for blocking a lot. Shit. Too tight end. Fuck it. (laughs) Yeah, right. uh, Kevin, I am... Doing a little, doing a uh, vetting the source. It's you know Ke- Kevin Stefanski. Well, he does love his tight ends. Oh so. yeah. There you go. There we go. <laughs> All righty. Tight ends. Whew. We'll get to that in a second. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> All right, so oh, the, yeah. the NFL draft is all wrapped up, and as we saw, it was all virtual. Apparently, it was the most watched uh, draft in NFL history. I guess people really oh, don't have much yeah, to fucking do because. Uh, the production was, I would say, less than stellar from the NFL side. You know, ESPN was doing what was carrying all the fucking weight, in my opinion. So many, there were so many, so many dead parents. Oh yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, was, and then it was the depressing. Yeah, the, muted at one point. Yeah, the unnecessary sad stories all the fucking time because they have nothing else to talk about. The endless shots of the ESPN campus that nobody wants to see. <laughs> like. Just, <laughs> Like no way, like the unnecessary fake booing of Goodell, like God, just. But still, at least it was it was mildly entertaining, you know, kind of like. But it was more entertaining to see into like the coaches' homes, and go, oh, like are they like what you think they are in real life? And like you know, fucking Cliff Kingberry, fucking posting up, <laughs> fucking leg up on the that that uh the crazy ass coffee table of his, looking like a pimp. And then oh, uh, Bill Belichick just letting the dogs sit in, dog. <laughs> yeah, just and then not the being sitting there making the pigs. Yeah, like, hey, pick just not up. being on screen the whole time, like such a fucking <laughs> Belichick move. And you just like it's just fucking funny. And then fucking uh, of course John Gruden's watching himself on TV as he's like making picks, and you just like, of course he would be fucking watching himself on TV. This guy's crazy. Uh, <laughs> it was it was it was very funny. All right, guys, so let's get into it. Hot takes right off the top. What what the fuck? That was fucking crazy. So that was some of the craziest shit I've ever seen. Goodbye, Aaron Rodgers. We don't need you anymore. It's really <laughs> funny how Aaron Rodgers got Aaron Rodgered. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So what happened? Yeah, so uh, the probably the worst drafts that I've seen, or more or at least most most questionable one in terms of oh, yeah. quote unquote filling needs would be the Green Bay Packers. Um you know, first rounds they draft uh Mr. Uh, Love quarterback mm-hmm. in the first round. Yeah, first and round. Everyone's like, "Well, what?" And Ooh. then they <laughs> back that up. They follow that up by drafting a running back. Yeah, and it's like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I know, I, like. I know they want to like transition into like a more of a running game, so I guess they would want as many running backs as possible. 
But you running back heavy like you motherfuckers. Yeah. You're listening to the podcast shit. <laughs> right. <laughs> but um, you know, it that is a big minus for uh Oh yeah. For the uh run, what's the running back? Oh my goodness. Aaron, Aaron Jones. Aaron Aaron Jones. Sorry, yeah. that's a big minus for Aaron Jones because he's you know, taking a running back that high, that's essentially gonna eat into his you know, his workload and, you know, mm-hmm. say goodbye to the second stringer. I don't remember oh, yeah. his name. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, it's a little bit frustrating for Aaron Rodgers because the whole draft, this is this was the, the draft of the most deep wide receiver class and the, Gi- the Giants, the uh, Packers didn't even select a wide receiver. No. At all. No, it's they absolutely. completely insane. whiffed. They're hoping for them virtual workouts to help yeah. out the wide receivers that they have right now. Yeah. The only positive that I see from this whole thing is that um, <clears throat> um, blah, 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 blah. Oh, my goodness. I can't. I can't they did take a couple offensive linemen, which is, I guess, good. That's, that's true. Well, oh, <laughs> that's, that's all right. So, yeah, so the major winner would be, obviously, Devontae Adams, since there's no solid wide receiver to any. Still. Still. So he's basically going to be def- the de facto number one wide receiver. Oh, yeah. Who, who's going to take his spot? Alan Lizard? Lazard? Alan Lazard? I, yeah, I guess I guess that's the number two now. I guess so. Oh, they did they did, they did did uh, sign uh, Devin Funches. That's true. Okay. That's true. <laughs> like anyone gives a shit about that. Mm. Uh, the biggest surprise to me was the number of teams who – drafted these uh, there was a lot of what i would argue perceived workhorse running backs this is another very rich running back class it was a, there was a lot of talent that went into the nfl in this draft both a wide receiver or running back maybe even quarterback well, you know, that, that's what that's the hard one but yeah some of them some of them were like oh shit some of them were like oh no yeah like so like so many of these high profile running backs you know went to teams where you're like, okay, this just makes it an RBBC, you know, uh, Taylor goes to the Colts for fucking Christ's sakes. Like I guess Marlon Mack get the, you know, that's like where, so we were in, uh, our group chat for our, our home league, just talking to everybody. And it's, I swear to God, like I was just texting every pick. I was like, Oh, fuck this guy. Fuck that guy. I guess he's dead to them. Like, why would you draft that guy? Otherwise, you know? And then, the Ravens draft a running back, you know, and you're just like, what the fuck? Like all the Lions draft a running back, the Bucks draft a running back, and you're just like, oh my god, there's so many teams that have just now muddied the situation up where it once was clear, it's now unclear, and you're just like, oh, what do I do now? What do I do? Uh, yeah, I think probably the probably the most clear one would be, uh, well, eventually it's gonna be Mr. Uh, Mr. I can't even pronounce his name. Hold on. Mr. Clyde Edwards Dash Hilaire. Is it Hilaire? Hilaire? Yeah, I think it's Hilaire. That's good. Damian Williams. Get the the great for us. Yeah, you're dead to me. Could have been the uh, Super Bowl MVP. You deserve to be in the Super Bowl MVP Mm -hmm. because of your performance. But now, get the fuck out of my office. We got a new one. Oh, yeah. We got a cheapo motherfucking LSU motherfucker. That's what they say. Yeah, first round pick. That that, that tells you everything you need to know about what they think about him. 
You know, they said he was. First day of practice, make sure you teach him everything. Exactly. Get the fuck out of my office after that. (laughs) He's supposedly the best pass catcher in the entire running back class. You know, they're talking. Is he going to be used like Brian Westbrook? You know, you know, talking about Andy Reid teams. You have to go back to Philadelphia. Think about something like that. I I thought personally maybe like a Kareem Hunt type. You know, you saw what they were doing with Kareem Hunt before. Pat Mahomes really got fired up. Maybe they can find another one. And we saw how Hand lucrative that was. Handpicked by Mahomes. Like, Handpicks. Yes. Oh, yeah. He's like, clad. <laughs> and it's Kermit the Frog voice. Clad. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to tell you right now. Kermit the Frog the here. Two receivers that I was looking God. at that got picked up very early, of course. So the number one is Henry Ruggs III. Yep. I was looking at that kid. That kid is a fucking monster. I feel... That that guy is gonna be great, but you know what team he got drafted to? Fucking Las Vegas Raiders. That's not gonna be good. Well, they also drafted two more wide receivers that are also that are also particularly good themselves. You're just like, what the hell? (laughs) (laughs) So actually, I saw a pie chart stat. The um, I think it was the day of or the day after the draft. So it's very well known, very well documented um, that. The Raiders under Al Davis like to draft wide receivers that run like a four three or faster. Yeah. Like almost consistently. It's very, very consistent. And, you know, they the coach the GM, uh, Mike Mayock, he actually said uh when he dra- when they drafted rugs, he was like, I felt a pre- the presence from up from above. Oh my god. <laughs> I was like, Oh my goodness. Oh, god. So the stat was yeah. that Lost of it. the whole um when they started the stat like way back when the Raiders were drafting of all all wide receivers that were uh like four three or faster that were picked the Raiders accounted in in all of history the Raiders accounted for about thirty three percent of all draft picks what the fuck i was thinking it's about to be like 15 percent or something you said 33 the hell there's basically a one in three chance every year (laughs) there's no trash the fuck that's crazy (laughs) the other other wide receiver that was uh in a good team that got picked up after them losing a wide receiver not losing it because they got traded um stefan diggs is getting replaced with Justin Jefferson. Oh yeah, that was a good pickup by them. I I was impressed with that pickup because that guy went off, right? Yeah. And I wanted freaking Justin Jefferson's freaking tight end, fucking Randy Moss's son, but he went out. <laughs> I was like, ain't no way we gonna get that motherfucker. But like, ugh, I wanted that. I yeah, wanted we, that. yeah, we got a lot of, uh, yeah, we got a lot of comparisons to like uh, Keenan Allen for Justin Jefferson. So good route running. It's gonna be uh, as long as he doesn't disappear like Keenan Allen does. For yeah, like a four game stretch. Um, nice business move, you know, getting rid of a disgruntled wide receiver and cashing in. They they basically, yeah, they essentially traded that that pick that they p- picked him for was this was the Stefan Diggs pick. Yeah, oh, yeah, that yeah. worked out for them. They absolutely did. Clearly, I mean, they got out of a probably what is going to end up being a bloated ass contract for a. What I'm thinking is now an overhyped player, but that's oh, just yeah. that's just my opinion. All right, we'll, go with 
right, guys. So next week we'll get more into each of the rookies. You know, we're going to give it another week to look over each of the teams, how they fit into their new teams. A little taste. You know, all the stats that we got from the combine, you know, kind of give kind of on a per player basis, we'll kind of give you a better, better idea of how we think about these guys. So before one last one last thing that I've been hinting at. Um, Broncos are going to be low-key hype. Oh, I'm yeah. Saying. Broncos. For sure. Oh, shit. That's all I'm going to say. We'll get into that more next week, but... Oof. Oh, yes. All right. All right. So, before we uh, get into our 201 segment about you know, more advanced strategies for fantasy football, I wanted to want to hear your guys' opinions about your own team's drafts. Did you love it? Did you hate it? What was going on? Were you, Bitch, you criticizing them like I was at every turn? So, uh, Adam... Let's start with you. The fucking Tom Brady, he's come over. He's making all these picks. How you feeling, baby? All in. All in? All in. Uh, a plus plus. I was a little bit miffed. So I was a little bit miffed when the, for the first, for our first pick, we essentially traded up one spot. Yeah. To, uh, <laughs> which was really weird. So the only, the only logical conclusion for that is that there must have been whispers for someone to trade in front of them for who we eventually got with the Mr. Surfs, uh, a offensive. Tackle. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very smart. Move. We're, you know, we um, I mean, did you see a lot of oh, his athletic. Oh man, he is he is a big boy. Hell oh, yeah. He was, they showed a picture of him just jumping out of a pool full of water. 320 pounds. God yeah. damn. 6'5. That's nasty. And it's really funny that it took a generational quarterback to have Tampa Bay finally realize we should invest in our offensive line. What? That's crazy. Help me. I know. Help me not get sacked. <laughs> Did you know that it was, I think it was like. 2001 was the last time we drafted an offensive lineman. What the fuck? I think it was Kenyatta Walker. But, um, yeah, it was... Oh, my it's been so long. God damn. And, um, <laughs> yeah, so obviously uh, investing in a line that protect, protects the Brady. Oh, yeah. Because um, he is an old man, mm-hmm. and he is... Uh, I really want him to stay healthy. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> And also, we, um, uh, uh, with our third rounder, we got Keyshawn, not Jackson, Vaughn, <laughs> running back. Keyshawn. You got two um, running backs. You also got another one in the seventh round, Raymond Calias out of Louisiana. So clearly, this is an indictment on Ronald Jones. Uh, Ronald, yeah, Ronald Jones. Um, he is, hmm, I think this is more speaks to the line of more of the all-in than Ronald Jones is just kind of trash. Because, um, you know, Keyshawn, or Keyshawn Vaughn is actually older than Ronald Jones. What? Like, by, by like a year. Get the fuck out um, of here. So, yeah, he's, he's, uh, he is very, he's an experienced <laughs> running back. So I'm, And also he has great pass blocking. Mm, um, there it is. Basically getting their own version of James White. <laughs> there it is. Um, I like it a lot. Uh, basically saying, you know, Super Bowl or bust. Give yeah. it a grade, F. A yeah. through F. Uh, 
I don't know. I need more time to digest, but I, I we'll like. Get, we'll, no. we'll have that segment next week for the A through F. Gut, gut reaction. You said you loved it. I, oh, I loved it a lot. So all I right, mean, right now I'll probably give it like an A. Okay. Whatever. Because like this is like the first till, draft in a while where till, I'm like till the high you know, comes like, down and then you're like, all right, realistically, what was this draft like? <laughs> <laughs> you're like, okay, wait, wait, this is a little more realistic. I mean, <laughs> this is probably the best off season the Bucks have had ever. I would say you know, so. Obviously, you know, obviously the highlight is getting Tom Brady, but s- somehow managing to grab Gronkowski for a fourth rounder. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, you know, we, I'm guessing we're keeping OJ, OJ Howard, and uh, blocking Cameron Brate for <laughs> more blocking. Stuff. So it's going to be, <laughs> yeah. it's going to be very, very interesting. It's it going to yeah. be weird because since now our offense is sort of super spread out. Yeah, I am kind of wary on who to pick now because I don't even know what we would like to do because Rosarians like to throw down the field. Mm-hmm. But Tom Brady, you know, he's obviously regressed in his downfield throws. Right. So you would think, you know, oh, we can just throw a t- throw, throw, throw a tight ends. Maybe. I don't know. It's. I am very excited, though. This is probably the first year in years that I'm excited for a Bucks season to begin, most of the time they're just kind of mediocre. To uh, where's my where's my alcohol? <laughs> <laughs> right. <clears throat> All right, Evan. So your team didn't draft a quarterback. What the hell's up with that? Yo, I'm like uh, the destroyer. I'm I'm gonna make All it in. quick and short because I'm a, I'm a roast day ass next week. Oh I'm yeah. Want to get into it too much? But right now, I'm going to give the Patriots a C plus. Whoa. That's, that's not good. Not good. No. trash, they still get <clears throat> above average. <laughs> I, I was not impressed. I will get more into that next week, like I said, because I, I got a lot of shit to talk. But <laughs> I don't want to talk shit that much unless I got everything in order. I mean, but there's I nothing. Uh, there's no players here we would even really talk about other than no, the tight ends. No. They drafted two first tight ends back to back. First thing first. The goddamn first round we trade. I turned off the TV. I was like, oh, that's it. Done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First things first, we should have picked the goddamn tight end first round. I don't give a shit. But <laughs> whatever. I'm not getting paid millions of dollars like Bill Belichick, so. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Oh, man. So, again, I'm going to get into that next week a lot more in depth because, again, I'm not, I'm not excited. But we'll not see what excited. happens. All right, so I. uh, If you were listening to me live, I wasn't a particularly happy camper. I was like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Definitely needed the full draft to stew and be like, "Oh, yes." And so now, now that I've I've had a your your whole world was exploding. Yeah, I'm like, (laughs) "What are these fucking idiots doing? This is retarded!" Like, you know, to me, it was they didn't make a logical pick till the third round, and I was like, "What the." Like you waited the third round, like there was so much talent. There was so much talent. And then like, you know, now that I've had the weekend to kind of digest and look into like our roster situation more, I really like a lot of what they done. I'm I'm kinda leaning towards you know, if I want to be a full homer, probably like an A minus, realistically, probably a, a B plus. You know, they've addressed okay. a lot of our our needs. You know, they got quality players at every position. Um, you know, a fourth rounder for a quarterback, Jake, Jacob Eason, is 
not bad. It's like you're not you're not it's it's better than any other wild card shot at that point. Like you don't owe him a shit yeah, ton of money. He, he's pretty tall. He's yeah, he's tall motherfucker. And he's got and he's got some good skill sets that I think if he can sit under a Mr. Rivers as uh, Jonathan Taylor calls him. <laughs> nah. I believe it. Old man Pop Pop Rivers is going to fucking lead this fucking parade. God damn oh, yeah. it. Nine kid Rivers. But uh <laughs> yeah, but uh if he can learn under Rivers and Brissett, like I feel like they've set themselves up for a good future and I think that's I think that's the big positive to take out of this is that Chris Ballard is he's setting the team up for future success more than like they're going to win right right fucking now. You know, they're going to yeah. like, you know, give it another year or two. Yeah, we're probably going to be, you know, perennial contenders in the playoffs again. So I think that's that's the big takeaway I'm I'm walking away with right now. I love it. I want final grades next week just making sure you Final guys grades. Know. All right. Yep. All right. And like I said, uh we'll also get into more individual players, their situations, the teams they're on. Whether we yes. whether we like them or not, you know, the, the the thing to remember is that some of these players, it's gonna take a couple of years for them to develop, you know, because it's oh, not yeah. it's not immediate. So this is kind of giving you perfect, you know what I'm saying? It's giving you foresight, future foresight. All right, guys. So let's get into fantasy football two oh one. Woo! You know it. And you know how? And you know what, guys? We're gonna help you win because we. We've been talking all these strategies, right? So you're like, oh my God, he's been saying this shit and that shit. Like, what What does that mean? How do I up, apply that to what I just learned? So now you know, understand the basics. Understanding the basics is the first part of fantasy football. Like, just, just drafting, learning to click players that aren't going to shit the bed for you and just yeah. setting your lineup is the two easiest things you can do. And if you can get those basics down, you're already doing light years better than some people. Because I tell you, some people check out halfway through the year. And that's that's the difference, you know? Just like in the real NFL, some teams are like, ah, I'm going to fucking tank it. Screw it. Whatever. Better draft pick next year. <laughs> so <clears throat> the main thing to remember is we're going to start with the draft, obviously. That's where it all begins. That's Christmas for me. And the big thing to remember is, once again, is you got to pay attention to the settings of your league. You guys... You know, you picked what, how much quarterbacks get, how much running backs get, whether it's PPR, half PPR. Pay attention to that because that, that's going to dictate the value that you need to look for in the draft. You know, if you're running PPR, well, guess what? Wide receivers and running backs are players that are more valuable to you. You know, a guy who doesn't catch the ball, pff, I'm not sure if I'm interested as much, you know? Right up. So there's a, there's a handful of them, and apparently even one some that uh, our own our own hosts that I didn't even know about. So maybe I'm getting when I get super analytical a bit. But we got what yeah. what, what we would call running back heavy. We got zero is, RB. We oh got, yes. We got VOR or value over replacement, and we got tier based. So Adam, you loved in running backs. So why don't you tell us what that that life's all about? All right. So yeah, the first strategy we're going to talk about, in my opinion, I love. Um, it's called running back heavy. So essentially this is, it's also probably called uh, two RB as well. I've heard um, uh, over the years. Maybe um, even like zero wide receiver. Or zero wide receiver. Yeah. Um, yeah. So in this strategy, you want to get uh, running backs super early and often. So usually the first two picks, um, I would generally go running back running back 
and then I'll pick a I'll I may even go running back, running back, running back. Which but, we um, which we've you, seen you do in multiple mocks now. Yes. Um. <clears throat> so the argument about that is for a running back, it is <clears throat> for. So there are 32 teams, and for. You know, for me, in my opinion, there's not enough. There's less running backs in the league than wide receivers where you could grab. Yeah. So and I would like to get a running back that is, um, you know, a workhorse type of running back. So already taking that small sample size of running backs and dedicating dedicating that size into a workhorse type, which means they basically have the backfield to themselves. They're not a running back by committing where they're sharing the load or a split committee. I like, there are very far few, um, there are very few workhorse running backs than there are wide receivers. So that's why the value for running backs is going to be so high for me. I want to grab as many as I can. So I don't have to worry about the running backs later on in the season. And also, you know, this is a game of football. This is a game of collisions and players are inevitably going to get hurt. So I always like to have a glut of running backs in my roster. So in case one of my high profile running backs, you know, get injured, I could easily replace them with another running back that I can, you know, not have to scramble over into the waiver wire, which we're going to talk about later. <clears throat> so that, that's why I love running back. Hmm. So you said the, the main reason you want so many running backs is because you're trying to mitigate um, injury. And Evan, that leads literally right into your favorite strategy, the one you pretty much, I've seen you do multiple times, even to success last year. Oh, yeah. Fuck the running backs. You don't need them. Get the (laughs) stragglers, the ones that really just need to get some loving, that just needs to try to get through so you believe in you believe in adopting? <laughs> you go to the shelter it. and you adopt a, adopt a player. <laughs> yeah, I, I I'll get the stragglers that you guys drop off those people, and I'll be like, oh, come over here, come on, I'll take you for a little bit. Let me see what happens with you on my team. But if you don't <laughs> produce, get the hell off. But I like to go wide receivers, and hopefully I snag a good tight end like I did last year. We'll see what happens this year, but of course, I like to do the wide receivers, of course. Like, I had Mike Thomas. I lucked out with that, and that was just, like, the core of my team. Mm-hmm. And many people wanted to take him away from oh, my team. Oh, so badly. Hell so no. badly. Hell no. And I said, nope, taking it all the way to the bank, and I cashed in that championship ticket. And, of course... Those wide receivers, I try to do maybe two two wide receivers, and then I switch it up to a running back. That's if I am thinking I want a running back, or maybe one running back drops into my face that I'm like, oh, okay, I, I could work with this. But <laughs> if it's just our league PPR, half PPR, I'm doing receiver heavy and. I'll pick up the stragglers later for a running back and we'll see how it goes. <laughs> see, that's to me, that's such like, that's like living on the edge. Cause I did it one year. It just like fell to me like that. And I was like, all right, I went wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, the first three rounds. I was like, all right, I'm fucking going. I'm fuck it. 
pull that rip cord. Let's do this. And the first six weeks were amazing. You guys remember that year? I was fucking. The amount of shit talking was just ungodly. <laughs> just, ah, six and oh, suck it, suck it, suck it. And then it all fell apart because I got it wrong. I got the wrong running backs, and it felt. And to me, it, it felt super risky. But like Evan, you did it last year, and it panned out perfectly for you. I think like your first yeah. running back was Marlon Mack. Who? Yeah, <laughs> James White was like your hero. <laughs> Yeah, DeAndre Washington took you to a championship. Like that's the zero RB life. Like think about those names. We're not talking about Christian McCaffrey, Ezekiel Elliott, Dalvin no. Cook, Nick Chubb. Nope. Nope. It's crazy. I mean, James White is basically a wide receiver. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for real. I don't know about it anymore now. So. Yeah. All right. So let's get into some of the more, uh, I guess you would call them technical ones, a little more complicated. So we've got. Tier-based and value over replacement. Tier-based is a little bit easier, so I'll start with that. So tier-based is you either gonna, you're going to trust an expert or I would suggest you do it yourself. You kind of mentally lump players together. You know, if you're like, ah, oh, these group of running backs are all about the same to me, you know. They're not like one, two, three, four, five, but you're like, all right, you know, Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook are kind of like similar to me. They're kind of the same tier of running back. Maybe throw in like Ezekiel Elliott, you know. They're one step down from Christian McCaffrey. So you're like, all right, there's, there's free running backs right there. And you're like, all right, and now as you're drafting, so you've done this to all, all, all players, quarterbacks, wide receivers, tight ends, you got them all blocked off into different groups. And as you're moving along, you're kind of marking them off. And then you're like, oh, shit, and you're getting around the corner, and there's like there's some really good wide receivers there. You're like, oh, man, these are some really good ones. But there's only one running back left in that second tier. And you're like, oh, shit, who should I take? Should I, I could get a wide receiver, but this running back's here. Well, what the tier-based system says is this running back's more valuable because there's only one of them left versus in the, the wide receivers, there's like four of them left. So you would take the running back because likelihood is one of those wide receivers is going to be available when you come back around. Oh, yeah. And that's something I use, I, I use very frequently, but – um. I also maybe with an emphasis towards running backs. So I, I, I'm a little sketchy on the zero wide receiver. It's burned me in the past. <laughs> so I usually kind of tier them together. I do my own rankings. You know, I can, you know, if I get one, if I get two wide receivers from this block of wide receivers, I'm usually pretty happy. I'm like, okay, I can work with this. Like, fine. Like, it, I didn't get the guy, but I got a guy that is close enough. Mm-hmm. Now, if you want to get super duper technical, you can do what's called value over replacement. So <laughs> apparently Adam and Evan both had not heard of this. So hopefully my explanation is is decent yep. enough. So what you do, it, there's a little more work involved. It's kind of like tier-based. So you're, you're looking at every player and, and you're maybe checking out how many points they scored, maybe how it, you know, last year, maybe averages, projections, things like that. And it's kind of like tier-based. So you're like, all right, this guy's projected for this, this like, say it's 100, and then the guy below him is projected for, like, 50. And you're like, all right, well, there's a 50-point gulf between the 100-point guy and the 50-point guy. And you're doing a bunch of other rankings, and then you find, okay, well, the difference between that guy at 50 and the next guy below him is, like, 45. It's only a five-point gap. You're like, oh, that's not that big of a gap. So as you're drafting, you're looking for those anomalies and point gaps where it's like, wow, this guy is projected to score way more points than this guy below him, so he's a lot more valuable. So finding a replacement for that player, that's the, so the value of a replacement, 
So when you're trying to find replacement for that same type of player, it becomes harder. So that's why you value them. So you're looking for, okay, who can I replace that player with if I don't draft him? If I don't take player X at 100, well, next player around is only 50 points. If I lose a 50-point value, so whatever running back I'm taking better be at least plus 50-point value. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of math. I don't know if, if you beginners want to get into that or not. Uh, I've dabbled a little in it. It's a little hard to do live while you're in the middle of a draft. So, But here's the big thing, guys. When, when, when we talk about draft device, the thing I advocate all the time is is don't, don't set yourself in stone with one of these drafts. Don't block yourself. No, I want I wanted to do running backs all the time. All the time? No, actually, um, yeah, I do agree uh, with that. Um, so, I mean, last for my except the exception for our league is our keeper league. Um, yeah. I'm obviously, um, yeah, my make, my keeper in the second round is going to be DeAndre Hopkins. But Adam, you like two running backs all the time. No, sometimes if you see a player that you know, DeAndre Hopkins is going to be a top three wide receiver yeah. next next year. And it'll be really dumb for me to let him go out into the wild and have be have him be drafted by another team when I could have, you know, could have kept him for super duper value. And, you know, I have my first pick is obviously going to be a running back because, you know, going no wide receiver or no running back is scary to me. But, you know, <laughs> it, you know, it does it does lend credence to that. You don't have to be set in your ways because if you don't you know this is a game about change and if you do not want and if you don't change um based on the information that the new information that is given to you um you're just gonna set yourself up for failure yeah absolutely so speaking of speaking of that change you know one of the big things we always advocate is pay attention pay attention to what's going on around you you know what player if you're in the draft this could just be a draft device if you're at you know, the eighth spot, pay attention to what the players have, you know, who are nine and 10 have been taking because those are the guys you are, you're actually competing with, with picks for actually, you know, like pay attention to things like that, you know? And, um, I like to, I like to tie that in with your draft position. So the early, to me, the earlier, you know, your draft position in your league, the better for you. It gives you more time to prepare, do mock drafts, you know, figure out likely scenarios. You know, if X happens, I'll do X. If X happens, I'll do X. You know, it's, it's how I butt my, fuck myself into not taking Dalvin Cook last year. <laughs> um, but but pay attention to where you are in the draft because if you're paying attention and you, and you know you're at, like, say, eight, right, I, you only have four picks between your pick and the next time you pick. So you're like, all right, now you're looking at the two players in front of you and say they've both taken, or one of them's taken a tight end, or both of them have taken a tight end. And now you're staring down, you know, say you're a zero RB guy, and you're staring down a wide receiver or a tight end, and you're like, shit, I don't know which one to take. I like them both about similar points. You can't, you can't separate them in your mind. And you're like, all right, well, if you just look at where you're at, you know, zoom out, look at what's going on around you, and you say they both have tight ends, well... Why would they take a second tight end? Maybe it's early. Maybe it's like the sixth or seventh round. Why would they take a second tight end so early? They wouldn't. Think, you know, seriously, they wouldn't do it. So don't take the tight end because <laughs> the tight end is likely going to come back around to you. So take the wide receiver. There's your tiebreaker. Boom. 
the odds are the tight end comes around, bingo, bango, bongo. Now you've gotten both players that you wanted. So you so you pay attention, see what's going on around you, use it to your advantage. Yeah, and another thing, um, so we play we all play fantasy football, obviously. Um, we are all very competitive in our leagues and one of the things that we love love to do is you know shit talk to each other and and another thing we love to do love 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 is to do some spite and that's like my favorite that's my favorite thing to do is if someone just to spite them um just to see the anger boil up in their eyes and make them want to hate you for forever um (laughs) so all, we all love to do spite, um, and that comes into what I like to call spite picks, where you know for a fact that you're going to be picking in front of someone, and you know what player they are going to pick, and you pick their player right before they uh, they draft it, just, just because. Um, Did you spite pick me that last mock draft? Uh, I was You did it twice. Your... You did, tw- you did, I did it, it twice. I, um... I that was actually luck, um, but I it did enjoy picking both of those times. That you <laughs> like you son of a bitch. I remember that shit. Um, it was it was very fun in my insides to know that you were suffering because of my choices. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> and that's why you play fantasy football. <laughs> yes, but um, that also is like a double-edged sword. Like you don't have to disrupt all of your strategies just because it'll make someone mad in the moment. Um, I remember actually last year um, during the draft that Evan specifically picked Tom Brady in the fifth round right in front of Rob just because he thought Rob was going to pick Tom Brady. And Rob was actually Rob was quite upset. Um, (laughs) You know, obviously that did work out for you because you won, but you weren't really happy with Tom Brady Hell eventually. No. Um, you could have week three. You know, you could have had, you know, you were the second you picked the second quarterback overall. So you literally could have had any other quarterback. Imagine if you had Lamar Jackson. Like that been great. Or, you know. But um, you know, just to say spite is fun, but don't tr- ruin all of your strategies because don't of do spite. It. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> All right, and that kind of that kind of kind of flows right into knowing your league. You know, you make these spite picks because you know the people around you. You're like, oh, that motherfucker likes the Patriots, so I'm gonna take Tom Brady. I got him. But but in actual like positive ways, if you know how somebody their tendencies and drafts go, then you can use that to your advantage. Like I know Adam prioritizes running backs, and I know Evan prioritizes wide receivers, so I can use that to my advantage if I happen to be near them in the draft. It's like, all right. And you know, because it's a game. You're it's a game. It's a gamesmanship. You're trying to outgame each other to make the best team possible with the players that are left over. That's why it's so fun. That's why I love it. <laughs> yes, and also to piggyback off of your piggyback. <laughs> hey. Um. So you know, during the draft, it's all, it's a game of strategy, and the best way to throw off someone else's strategy is to, you know. If, you know, if Je- say for, for example, Jesse was picking ahead of me and I was really high on uh, a specific, I was zeroing in on a running back that I know no one else is going to pick, but he knows that um, 
I was probably going to pick it, pick that player. So he Jesse picks that player, and what does that do to me? That sends me into a panic. Mm-hmm. And people on and you know usually on leagues um, we usually have like a minute between picks, and going from oh god my player is gone to holy crap I have a minute to pick a backup. Yep. Um, a lot of people make mistakes and <laughs> um, you know that could you can that could rattle them for their whole draft even um, you know because if they're Basically, a, a house of cards. If one card is taken out, their whole draft strategy is ruined. Yep. <clears throat> and you going know, to this of this beautifulness of you guys knowing your league, I go into the real shit of don't fall in love with your damn team. There's always those people that fall in love with their damn team, <coughs> Andy. And we all know where that landed, you. <laughs> yep. <laughs> the circle, jer- the circle jerking at the beginning of the year was prominent. That <laughs> motherfuckers traded maybe or did something a little mm-hmm. bit more. Then maybe you would have not gotten the sacco, but it was destiny that you were gonna get that bitch day one. And of course, I have like a two maybe. I'm talking about like I'm oh my god I'm stressing the week three if you shout my shit two weeks in a row <laughs> oh my goodness it's it's time that we get to talking come in about to get the fuck off my team you gonna step in your office yep step in get the fuck out straight the fuck out <laughs> all Don't right because then you fucked so are we talking about it step into your office week three so now you've now you've drafted your team all right. Now where it's in season and you have to set that lineup every single fucking week. Every week. Every week. Don't worry. And God forbid you fucking miss your sleep schedule and you miss on one of them England fucking. Oh, God. That's the worst. And your fucking whole lineup is shat to shit. Yep. Goose egg, negative five, or something like that. You forgot the Thursday yeah. night guy. <laughs> yeah. Like, you got to make sure that you have. Your lineup set and don't overset like Jesse likes to do. That motherfucker likes to move around tink, 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 tink. over and over and over again. Yeah. Hell no. I'm 10 minutes before game. I'm like, all right, let me look at it real quick. Fuck it. Leaving it right there. That's it. Boom. Wild card. Because if you think about it too much and then you are one of those people that moved one of the actually projected to do really good and they were on the bench and you had them in your lineup and then you put them on the bench. Hell no, you're going to be pissed. Yeah. 20 points on the bench. Oof, that is, like that's the worst. Three. Like, that ain't cute. You don't need that. You need to make sure that you're on the setting of the lineup all the time. I might go crazy and talk about two tight ends one week. You better talk me out of that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I've done that. It's crazy. It's fun time. It's, it's insane. It's fun time. It's like balls out. Yeah. You know, going commando. <laughs> I had, yeah, actually, I started two tight ends a couple times last year because I had Zach Ertz and uh, Darren, Waller. Um, Darren Waller. So I was like, yeah. oh, yeah. And they scored fucking baller-ass points, so I couldn't complain. Yeah, exactly. Um, so big, speaking of the, uh, you know, those two names, those are two actually large, uh, high-profile names now, you know, Zach Ertz and uh, Darren Waller. Um, there is... 
the certain strategy where you want to just start start your studs. Basically, the players that you know for a fact that they're going to be the heavy hitters. They're going to be scoring points regardless of their matchup. So, and also it could, um, you know, but also don't get hung up on the name too much. Um, you know, I'll, people see a name like, oh man, Todd Gurley. He was a guy who scored a whole bunch of touchdowns like four years ago. I'm going to start him. Well, nowadays he's he has arthritis, so maybe you should <laughs> think a little before uh, Nowadays he's got arthritis. I think that's the show title. Nowadays he's got arthritis. <laughs> I love it. Oh, God. Yes. Yeah, so starting your studs is a, is an old maxim, one of the, the tried and trues of fantasy football. I mean, you're going to start Christian McCaffrey regardless of who he's playing. You're going to start yeah. DeAndre Hopkins regardless of who he's playing. Like... Sometimes you just, it's just better not to get cute. It's just better not to get cute, you know, no matter what the data tells you. So Production <laughs> equals Ws. Production equals Ws. So one of the things I love to do is what, what we call f- floor and ceiling. So you're like, oh, what? shit, what the fuck do I mean by So like, think about your home. And when you're building a lineup, you're kind of you're doing like that. You want to put a floor down. You want a good, nice, healthy base of floor. You want a foundation. And you got to build a house upwards, so you need a ceiling somewhere. And so that's those high, those big heavy hitters that just score shit tons of points. And so something to consider when you're trying to set your lineup, you know, when you're looking at matchups, you're doing start your studs is what is going on with the projections around you? Are you projected to lose or are you projected to win? I mean, if you're projected to lose, it does you no service playing the safe player who's got a good floor. You're like, oh, cool. He's going to get me 10 points. Like, I was projected to lose all four last games. There you go. There you go. So he was projected to lose every game and he won. So if he had followed the projections and just started the best projected player or the safest player, he would have lost. And we he would we wouldn't be talking about his eternal glory. Nope. Nope. But then on the on the flip side, you know, if you're if you're projected to win and by like a, I mean like a lot. And the grant always take that with a grain of salt. But like Maybe you should start players who are less risky. Maybe they have a higher, a better floor, you know, something safer you can rely on that you can be like, all right, you know, if push comes to shove, I know I'm going to get X points. No biggie. I can work with this. You know, I've got a fit, you know, it's usually more helpful in that scenario when you're, the games have kind of already started and you've already built a pretty sizable lead and you're like, all right, should I start this flex player who could get me 25 points or who gave me zero or do I start the guy who's going to get me a nice guaranteed 10 you're probably like all right let's take the guaranteed 10 because I want this W because those W's are important (laughs) now something else to consider is is a player in your starting lineup like say your quarterback is he playing the defense that you're starting on your fantasy team Think of, oh, well, that's not a recipe for disaster. That's that's not. Think about that. That's actually not a good idea because anytime he scores a touchdown, your defense directly loses points. So you actually create a basically a double negative. You're widening the golf on your own team by starting yeah, like well, that. Even if the defense is supposedly, yeah, even if the defense is supposedly the better start, better matchup. That's dumb. You're you're hurting yourself. Don't do that. But you could also do it in in reverse. See who your yes. see who your opponent's starting. If they're starting a quarterback that's on a team that this defense can plow over and get turnovers on, 
oh, maybe you can get double the points. His quarterback loses points, and you gain points off of a turnover, and then you rub it oh, in their man. faces. You're like, mm, I was right, and you were wrong. I was right, and you were wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and to go off of that strategy, what if you had the best of both worlds where you could just have both the wide receiver and the quarterback, which is what we like to call stacking players. Yeah, so yeah. basically what that means is um, the most common example is to stack a quarterback and a wide receiver on the same team. So you would, um, so last year a, a great stack uh, would be DeAndre Hopkins and uh, Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson. Um, didn't you have that stack in a previously last year? I, I can't forget. I, I don't I don't remember. Maybe. But um Maybe. yeah. Or then always yeah, that's like a type of stack that you would want to always have yeah. losing my train of thought. So basically you want a wide receiver quarterback combo that you know for a fact that the quarterback is gonna be throwing to the same the wide receiver often. Um, <clears throat> um basically if a quarterback throws a touchdown to a wide receiver and you have the stack, both the quarterback and wide receiver will get that touchdown point. So instead of just having uh, like six points in one play, you'll get like almost double the amount exactly. for that one play. It's it's like, really yeah, good. Kyler just, Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. Yes. That could be a great stack. <laughs> Which is but maybe someone Adam's targeting. You never know. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, shit. Maybe. Maybe. Um, so, you know, when you have double, when you have the potential for double the points, that could also be a, you know, a little sticking point or a double-edged sword for you where, say you have, um, <clears throat> uh, so if you have your quarterback as uh, Lamar Jackson, He's a running quarterback. He's going to be running all over the field. Um, so with your running game, um, say, so he'll have Mark Ingram as his running back. That's almost, uh, that's essentially what you're cannibalizing the potential amount of rushing yards that you can receive in the running back position. So you yeah. don't always want to stack um, the same types of players. Yeah, why, why limit yourself positions. to one game? <laughs> so another thing to critically pay attention to is what day and time all your players are playing. I mean, are they playing on Thursday? Are they playing on sometimes Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Sunday night? Is it Sunday afternoon? Is it the goddamn London game like Evan talked about where you're like, it's 730 in the morning. You're like, ah, <laughs> oh, yeah, like, get your eyes up. you don't want to get, shit. you want to get burnt. Like you got to pay attention to those things. And so one of the, the critical things I preach, especially around paying attention to your time is your flex position. And that's something we talked way back in, in 101. And that's, you can start a player that's either a running back wide receiver or a tight end. And <laughs> if you, if you say, if you have a player who you, you're like, okay, I want to play this player and he plays Thursday and you have him in your flex position. Well, now you've just locked your flex position on Thursday. And now what if somebody gets injured on, you know, Saturday evening at or Friday on training camp and now they can't play Sunday and now you can't get a running back to replace them. Oh shit. Now I'm not flexible. That's the whole point of a flex position. So if you moved that Thursday player into the starting position, and then you put the other player who you were in, in the starting position into the flex position who plays now Sunday night. Well, guess what? The Thursday guy plays. Your flex spot's still open. 
oh, guess what? Shit, now you can move anybody in there. It can it doesn't have to be the backup because now you have options. It's flexible. That's why it's always important to pay attention to when your players are playing and pay attention to when your opponent's players are playing. Because I remember one year where, God, if I had just won one game on the backstretch, I would have made the playoffs, which it seems like every year for me. Just one game on the backstretch. That's all I need. <laughs> I could never do it. Uh, I always start off really strong. My team starts off strong and then falls apart with injuries every single year. Um, but anyways, the point is, is um, you know, if you know your player, I, I remember because CJ, he had uh, Devonta Freeman. And Devonta Freeman was playing Monday night. And it comes out like Wednesday. Ah, oh, Devonta Freeman's not playing. And he's already got the backup. And so so is backup starting. All right, cool. So-and-so is playing. Sweet. And then we're rolling around to, you know, it's like Sunday night. For whatever reason, I guess backup got hurt. And I didn't know that. And if I had picked up that player, I could have blocked CJ from starting him. And I would have won that game. But I wasn't paying attention to the time. Didn't realize it was Sunday night. Didn't realize all that shit was going on. And bingo, bango bongo. There's the difference. Bingo, bango bongo. Yep. So as we always say, you never, ever... When your draft, when your league at draft, it never happens. It's never once happened in the history of mankind. Evan, tell me about your team. How many of them are left from your draft? Uh, I think I had like six or seven people from my. Oh wow, you had a, you had a lot. Yeah, I think <laughs> I had a few. Like I used that waiver wire a lot, but how did, uh, how did your second round draft pick uh, turn out? <laughs> Got him. Uh, he, he he did pretty good, and then you know kind of injured but you know he kind of showed up when I needed him to mm-hmm. I wish I, he would have showed up a lot more and actually produced a lot more but you know he got that bonitis and right he's done, <laughs> he's done dead there yeah I had uh two players from my original draft team so pretty much everyone I got from waiver wire or uh, trades so I mean, what's the what is the waiver wire now that we're talking about Wibber it. Wire is going to be on that wonderful, wonderful Tuesday or Wednesday getting into it, right when it unlocks and you get that new abundance of people that people gave up on and tossed them to the road. <laughs> that's, your, uh, your, that's your wet dream, apparently. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> and make sure that you get into that little grace period, pretty much, where you don't have to pay for anything. Yeah. And sometimes you luck out and you don't have to pay for anything. And by paying, you get that auction style and depending, of course, like we're saying, in some of your leagues, usually it's sometimes free or sometimes you usually have to pay for your waivers. So that's meaning bidding and auctioning off to other players that have some or maybe no interest in of your uh, player that you want, like, Last year, I needed a last-minute player for a quarterback, and Jameis Winston was on there, and I put all my money on him, and I think I had, like, 12 bucks left, and it paid out, and then I needed a freaking running back, and I had $0, so I bet $0, and I got a running back. And Who was that running back? Championship. It was DeAndre Washington. Yeah! <laughs> uh, crazy. Everyone's got one of those players. Mine's Elijah McGuire. Remember that? Remember that guy? Nope, <laughs> I do. Nope, <laughs> I'll never forget him. Oh God! So, um, 
yeah, we do auction style now. That's what we that's what we moved to. I I think it's the fairest way. I mean, we used to do yeah. uh it was what, reverse order of the standings. So if yeah. if you like Bullshit. if you like lost and you were like the lowest scorer, then you could like yeah. you were number one, but then you didn't have to like spend your number one pick. You could just sit on it week over week and it was just like that doesn't seem fair at all. No. So we moved to auctions auction style. And so yeah. One of the final sort of in-season things that we can talk about, maybe give some tips on, is trades. And uh, apparently Evan has never done one. Is that is that accurate? Yep. Fuck that shit. Never done a trade in my life. Why? I've been proposed and mixed in with the talk about of one, but I've never actually gone through with one. Ben will always be the one that got away. Yep. yep. <laughs> what yep. Do you know which trade was the one that got away? Uh, I know that Adam at one point was offering me Hopkins and some other people and they needed a running back and he had like the whole package and a quarterback too. And I was like, damn, all this for one player. I'm like, ah, fuck that. This player is very important. I need to keep him. I tried to give you a similar deal. (laughs) Yeah. Oh God. I I was Um, hounding. I remember we were at like Bella's birthday back in November. (laughs) We're just like, I was like, Hey man. You should uh you should just press accept on this and just we'll just two days we'll just sit on the veto you'll just see what happens. And you're like ah you're like you thought about it. you almost went home and did it you almost went home and did it. You really did. But uh some tips that I like to always this is what I try to do when I'm trading is always go for a, a win-win situation you know don't like don't go like in the office where he's like lose lose nobody gets what they want win lose only one person like try to go in trying to solve that person's problem first and foremost. So like I, what I always like to do is when I, when I have a need, I'm like, I'm looking for wide receivers. And I'm like, all right, so I'll go to the struggling teams and I'm like, all right, let's look at their teams. All right. What are they missing? Okay. They got wide receivers, but they're missing running backs. Well, I got a running back, so I should offer a running back. I want to help him so he can help me. So it's a win-win, you know, you're always trying to, help each team because that because that way if because if you give a if you do shitty deals like theron does motherfucker <laughs> oh man then you lose trust in that person and then you get angry at them and you'll never trade with them again <laughs> i'll never trust you theron never god damn you matt ryan ty hilton god and so so and there therein lies something that there's another thing I try to advocate for, which is go for the two for one or the three for two, the four for three, the deal. Try to get the better player. I mean, I understand it's not necessarily win-win, but if you can offer the right package of value back, generally speaking, if you're the person getting the one or the two players, you're probably getting the better deal because you're not having to sacrifice as many roster spots. So then you have an open roster spot and then maybe you can scour the waiver wire. Maybe that person you just traded with just dropped somebody under the waiver wire and doop. Now you can just add that person right back to your team. It's a win, win, win. I mean, why would you not try to do that? Mm-hmm. Also, there's also uh, context matters in terms of uh, your team makeup. So one thing I wanted, it's, this is like super forward thinking. There's also a... Uh, a playoff schedule can impact a player's value. That's true. So, yep. So if, um, uh, 
so imagine if you are looking for oh man I don't know, like if player A and player B both producing at a similar level all season and you're looking to trade either one and something that may help you distinguish the more valuable player is the playoff schedule. So if you are looking for a player that's, say last year, um, you're looking for, you see a player that's going to be playing the Bucks defense versus a player who was playing, uh, who was a good uh, defense last year, uh, Patriots defense, you would more than likely want to trade for the player that was playing the Bucks defense because their passing defense last year was absolute trash. While the essentially whoever was playing the Patriots didn't do anything. Correct. <clears throat> so you always want to look for the scheduling for the players for with a tr- with a trade as well for context. That's another thing we probably should have mentioned a long time ago is the playoff section of fantasy football occurs during the last games of the regular season of the NFL. Mm-hmm. So when we say playoffs, we're talking like weeks 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, depending on your league size, how you have it set up, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And now, you know, it's even more prevalent, that playoff schedule, because they have expanded the number of playoff teams, so more teams are going to be fighting harder to make the uh, real playoffs. So then that means... You know, teams that used to check out more frequently are going to be more involved. So then that means there could be potential fantasy value on deeper teams that didn't used to be there. Yeah. All things to consider in our ever-changing NFL landscape. So thank you guys so much for sticking with our Fantasy Football 101 and 201. I hope that this is the... The Bible, the the reference, the manual, you come check it out. If you're ever curious about how fantasy football works, generally speaking, and then you can apply everything you learn there to the, the daily, weekly knowledge we give you on, on the show. So as always, you can check apply. us. Yeah, production equals W's. Production equals motherfucking W's. So as always, guys, you can check us out at fourthanddirty.com. And don't be shy. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at fourthanddirty. Adam, where can we find you at, baby? You can find me on the gram and Twitter, both handles atom1241. Ooh, boy. Adam, where can we find you at, man? You can find me on Facebook, Evan Garcia, and Instagram and Twitter, EvanTheMan96. Fantastic. And you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Madonna Jesse at Jesse Madonna. Please don't be shy. Uh, coming up next, we got the NFL draft and our rookie review. Ooh. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> All right, guys. See you next week. See you. Bye. Meow.